Amen. Awesome. Thanks, sweetheart. Um, I just love Kristen. She's so great, isn't she? Hey, thank you guys for the happy birthdays. I appreciate it um, as you take up your offering. 46 has never felt better. I, I always said 46 is the new 30s, except in the mornings. So I feel good about it. <clears throat> A couple of important things here. Laughing at your own mistakes lengthens your life. Laughing at your wife's only shortens it. Scientists have discovered lately that women with a few extra pounds live longer. Men live shorter lives if they mention it. <laughs> I was lonely until I glued a cup of coffee on top of my truck. Now everyone waves at me. <laughs> a couple more. I know these are cheesy, but just humor me, okay? A guy put a bumper sticker on his car that said, honk if you think I'm sexy. And then parks his car at a green light. <laughs> Until he feels better about himself. <laughs> Last one. I know, it's crazy. I met a woman outside the mall crying. She lost $200. So I gave her $40 from the 200 that I found. LAUGHTER when God blesses you, you've got to bless others. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, that's so great. Thank you to all of our veterans this morning. Thank you for all that you've done. Army. Army, come on. Who's Army? <laughs> Navy. Who's part of the Navy? Nobody? Okay. Air Force? Any Air Forcers here today? All right. All right. Marines. Any Marines? Ain't nobody wants to be a Marine. Coast Guard. All the water ones did, bailed on us, right? All right. Well, anyway, so thank you guys for all that. Appreciate your service. Thank you so much for what, you, what you've done for our country. It's because of you we get to have the freedoms that we have in our country. You know, despite all the things that are going on in our world right now, I believe, I believe that this nation is the best nation in the whole world. Amen. I do believe that. And if you don't think that, then try going to other nations where what we're doing this morning is actually illegal. Okay? Try, try that. So um, I, I want to, we're going to continue in our message series here on worship. Uh, last week we talked about what it meant to be created to worship and, and, and worshiping with thanksgiving in our heart. And uh, we end it, like, like Kristen said, we are, uh, this isn't our normal flow of service. Um, we usually have a whole worship time at the, uh, at the beginning here, but we, we decided for this month only that we're gonna break it into segments here and worship at the end, okay? So that way we can just really have a heart of gratitude and thanks, so none of us really go through the motions on anything. I believe this morning that God wants to touch your heart, amen? I believe this morning that God wants to speak into your lives. You know, the greatest threat to the enemy of darkness, the devil himself, right? The greatest threat isn't you always just being filled with the Holy Spirit. The greatest threat isn't always you prophesying. The greatest threat isn't just being, having demons cast out of you. The biggest threat to the enemy is winning souls. That's the biggest threat. It's the biggest threat. And I'm telling you right now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but 2023 is going to be a year of when the harvest begins to, we begin to see the harvest begin to be fulfilled. Amen. We're going to see many souls come to Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning that you take, thank you, kind sir. Wowzers. He just didn't want me to do it during service. If you ever see me do this, you know what that means. 
How do you say thank you in sign language over there? Thank you. I don't know no sign language. I wish I did, but I don't. Uh, but God is good, amen? And I just think that God is getting, I, I think that the people of God are ready, man. I think that we're, we're ready to see revival of harvest coming through. It's not gonna be the refreshing kind of revivals that it was back in the 90s, although you are gonna get refreshed. It's gonna be a revival of, the, of, of destroying the works of the enemy. I believe that with all of my heart. So if you're with that this morning, if you agree with that, say amen with me. Amen means agreement, and I just believe that God is moving in such a way, right? But he's calling the people of God to worship him despite what's going on in your lives right now, amen? Despite what's going on in our country, despite what's happening right now in your personal life, the circumstances, the situations that are going through in your life right now, God is asking us, will you worship me through all of it? Who says yes and amen to that? The backslider in heart will always judge God by what he did not do. Let me say that again. The backslider in heart will always judge God by, for what he did not do. I wanna to talk to you this morning real briefly about what it means to worship through sorrow. What it means to worship through your circumstance that really doesn't pan out the way that you think that it should pan out. A few months ago, I uh, was working in my yard when it was warmer. Oh, man. Winter's like this. I don't want to answer that door, but I think it's going to bust in no matter what. I was working out in my yard, and I heard this message by one of my heroes in the faith, pastor of a church in California. His name is Bill Johnson, where they see multiple, multiple healings take place on a, on a, on a monthly, weekly basis of cancer, of all kinds of things. And his wife had been struggling with cancer for many years and then finally passed away from that. Can you imagine, um, and, and, and I'm just using him as, a, as an example um, in this, but can you imagine even in yourself, right, the things that you ask God for, you believe God for, you, you, you really trust God that he's gonna do it, and then all of a sudden it doesn't happen for you, right? That awesome man of God, he preached three days later to his church after his wife passed away. So I'm just gonna mention a few little snippets here and there because it was one of these messages where you listened to it and you went, you just knew something happened. You knew that you went from one place to another place. And I was so moved because so many will worship God when things are great, when we're on the mountaintop, when, we're, when things are lined up, when you get the promotion at work, when you, when you, when you, uh, uh, when you change directions in your life or maybe something great happens in your life, it's easy to worship God in those moments, amen? It's easy to worship God in those times. But when things aren't going great, <laughs> you know, God promises in his word that it's not always gonna be peachy keen for us, guys, but he always promises that he be with us. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, what do they do? They comfort me, right? It's not a matter if we're not gonna do, it's a matter of when we're gonna go through the valley of the shadow of death. 
The if has to be kicked out because it's gonna happen in our lives if it hasn't happened already. Some of us in this house this morning have had to make some decisions to trust God even though God maybe didn't answer the way that you thought that he was gonna answer you. And for that, I honor you this morning because it is extremely difficult to trust in a God that some of us might even think to ourselves that we can't see, that we can't feel in those dark times and those dark moments in our life. But make no mistake about it that God is alive and well and he's working on your behalf. He is working things out in your favor that you don't even know of. The backslider in heart will always judge God for what he did not do. But those who run with tenderness for who he is will always define him by what he's said, by what he's promised, and by what he's done. Of all the years in ministry, I can say this with confidence, that God is good. So someone say that with me. He is good. He is good, and he's in a good mood. Say that with me. Come on. He is good, and he's in a good mood. We can always rely on that he is good. His ways are much higher than our ways. His thoughts are much deeper than our, th our thoughts. And he is good. And I love that he is in a good mood. See, we don't get to choose the way things happen to us in life. I'm not saying that there isn't mistakes or bad choices. I'm just saying things are gonna happen to us where we're gonna go through life with pain. We don't get to choose. Listen, it's not fair for us to say that we get to, because we're believers, that we don't ever get to face pain because it's true, we do, amen? We don't get, we deal with sorrow. It's all written throughout the word of God. You can see it from, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. But we have to remember to keep our eyes on Jesus. Philippians chapter four, verses eight through nine. Let's turn there this morning. Now remember, we're gonna go into a time of worship after this. <clears throat> Philippians chapter four, verses eight through nine. This last week, we had our honor banquet for our volunteers. Thank you to everyone who volunteers here at the church. Come on, give yourself a round of applause. You, I know, it's hard to do that for yourself, but you're worth it, all right, you're worth it. Philippians chapter four, verses eight through nine, it says this, finally, brethren, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable or noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and of anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of who? The God of peace will be with you. You know, these, these things in these verses... They're not meant for the unbeliever, they're meant for the believer to remind us of the protocol of times of difficulty, of times of pain, of times of sorrow, and times of disappointment. And that is to think on these things, whatever is true. Can we just take a moment right now to think about some things that are true? True about you. Can we take a moment just to think about the things that are honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever is holy, basically what... What, what the author is saying here is going, guys, look, in the worst times, find something to thank God for. That's what he's saying. Find something to remind yourself that he is good and he's in a good mood. Find something 
No matter what it is, find something to remind yourself to not let the enemy distract you and to lie to you and to tell you that you're a failure, that you're not going to make it, that God let you down, to allow disappointment to creep into your heart when you prayed and he did not answer. Do not let those, whatever you can do, this is what the author is saying, whatever you can do, remind yourself that he is good and he's in a good mood. Amen? I mean, nobody needs to be taught to rejoice when everything around us is going good. But what about this loss? What about this sorrow? What about when it doesn't go the way you thought it would? Let me suggest to you this morning that that's the mystery that you and I get the privilege of carrying. It's called mystery. And the level of revelation that God gives you will always be equal to the level of mystery you're living with, you're, you're, you're willing to live with. Let me say that again. The level of revelation that God speaks to you and God gives you will always be equal to the level of mystery you're willing to live with. That's a good word. And the inability, hear this, and the inability to live without mystery will ultimately hinder your growth in becoming like a child. If we're not willing to live with the I don't knows, if we're not willing to live with the I don't understands, if we're, if we're not willing to live with that, it would inhibit us from becoming more childlike. And it's childlikeness, hear this, and it's childlikeness that can give you access to revelation and things from God that you can't get any other way. You can only go deep as much as you're willing to grow like a child, to become childlike. Some people want to be mighty, mighty men and mighty faith, mighty faith growers, mighty faith builders standing on the rock in the foundation of God. But let me suggest to you this morning that the more childlike you become, the more faith-filled you'll be. The more faith-filled you be. Wouldn't it be nice? And this is why he's the God of peace. Because the God of peace isn't worried about what happened in elections. The God of peace isn't worried about what's happening in our country. The God of peace isn't worried about what's happening in the world. The God of peace isn't worried. Why? Because he believes, he, first of all, he's got everything under control. Come on, somebody. Right, he knows exactly what he's doing. But he's not rattled by the storm around us. Why? Because he's the peace inside of us. Psalms chapter 23, verse four says this, even though I walk, and I read it and I quoted it earlier, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Sometimes you can only discover God in his purposes and his purposes in the valley. Sometimes your nearness to God can only come through the lowest of moments. Don't need to read that again. Sometimes you can only discover God and his purposes in the valley. Though I walk. Isn't it awesome it says, though I walk, not run? Right? For a lot of reasons. But I think for the main reason is this. Is that if you are impatient in the growth process of what God is trying to teach you, you will come out worse than when it was when you went in. God wants to knead it out. He wants to work it out in your heart. Don't rush the valley. 
Allow God to grow the roots inside of you so you can become more childlike and therefore becoming more faith-filled. So that way, when you encounter another situation, when you're in the bottom of the boat and the waves around you are tossing to and fro and they're everywhere, that way you can confidently say, hey, everything's gonna be okay. Why? Because he was with me in the valley. He was with me in the valley. Man, I'm preaching this morning. Come on, somebody. So what does it say? You're with me. The revelation and the realization that he is with us can sometimes be only discovered in the valley, and God wants to, God wants to teach us to lean in and recognize who he is, where he is in the valley. I want somebody to say this with me. Say, he is with me. Okay, thank you, 10 of you. Say it again. He is with me. He is with me. He's with you. He's with you. Now look at somebody and prophesy over them. Say, he is with you. Come on, speak it over their life. Come on, speak it over your life. And when you're done talking to that person, turn to the other person next to you and say, he is with you. He is with you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He is closer to you than any brother. Come on, somebody, tell someone else behind you now and say, he is with you. He is with you. We need to start developing some faith and some hope in this house and some hope in our lives to know that he is with us no matter what happens. He's with us. You see, these opportunities that God gives us are opportunities to become more childlike, to look at daddy and say, I know, dad, I know, dad, that you're with me. The first person that calls when your son is in trouble. They say, dad, something happened. And if they can't do that, that means somewhere along the line, their relationship with dad got misconstrued in some way, shape, or form. See, if we walk around thinking dad's going to be mad at us because of what we're going through, I want you to know that he is good. No, no, no. He is good. And he's in a good mood. When your son or your daughter is in trouble, they go, help me, dad. Help me. No matter what time it is, no matter what's going on in that moment with my personal life. Yeah, son. How can I help you? I just want you to know that I'm going to be there with you. Don't worry about it. And if I know that daddy's presence is with me, I know that I'm comforted. I know that I'm gonna be taken care of and there's nothing in the world on my outside circumstances that can infiltrate my heart. Why? Because he is with us. Let me say this. If you grew up without a father or your father wasn't a good one, maybe your father did physically abuse you or verbally abuse you. Maybe he didn't show you love and compassion. Maybe he wasn't there for you or maybe he even left you as a child and you've been missing that little piece, let me encourage you this morning that even though your earthly father might have done some things that were wrong, they were bad, it wasn't your fault. You were blameless in this whole mess, but let me just tell you that even though your earthly father left you, I want you to know that your godly, your heavenly father has never left you. He's been with you ever, every step of the way with you. And it's important to discover Jesus in our weakest and darkest times. I won't go through my whole story, but this last summer was a really tough one. If you didn't know that our New Year's revelation, which we always say here, this is our New Year's Revy, right? Our New Year's revelation for 2022 was the word identity. And I'm not talking about identity in, in, in sexual identity or nothing like that. I'm talking about who is Christ in you? 
Who is Christ in you? Have you discovered yet the power and the love and the grace and the mercy that you get to choose, to, that you get to walk in because of his sacrifice? Who are you? And that question was just resounding in my heart, in my head, all year long. There were certain circumstances and certain things that took place that I thought that I had, that I had uh, pushed away, that I had healed up, that I had carted from my life. But let me tell you, I never addressed the root issue of some things that were going on in me which caused anxiety. I've never had anxiety in my life. That caused depression. I didn't even know what that word meant. But let me tell you, it was something that God said, yeah, there's something there. There's something there that we need to pull out from the root because when we do, you're gonna see a whole new level of freedom like you've never experienced before. See, depression, anxiety, Jesus showed up to me. And I remember the time, I remember the situation, I remember like the picture in my mind when I was walking through some prayer counseling and some things like that where, where someone's just walking me through. It was a, a journey to wholeness, if you will. Right, he was just walking me through. And I saw this picture of me playing G.I. Joe men, the real G.I. Joes, you know? Snake eyes. All my Gen X guys know what we're talking about, right? And I wasn't just, I mean, I thought I was them, okay? I was playing, I was sitting there, and, and I saw this picture come up on my mind, and I was sitting there playing with these toys, playing with these things, and I was like so engulfed in them that I became them. And I saw Jesus, I looked up at Jesus, and there he was with me, looking over my shoulder, just smiling. And he said to me these words. He said, Jacob, there's nothing you can ever do that I will not love you. That I don't believe in you. You got this. And that might seem elementary for some of us because a lot of us recite it with our mouth, but I didn't really believe it in my heart. But when I believed it, when I saw that, it became a healing moment in me where my heavenly father, there's a whole story to this, but my heavenly father came and erased all the guilt, shame from my life because I allowed him to speak into me. So let me encourage you this morning. If you're dealing with something, allow Papa God, Daddy himself, the heavenly father, come and speak to you because he wants to free you. I think some of us are just on the verge of freedom like we've never experienced before. But there's this little word called fear that keeps us away from stepping over the edge. Why? Because we grow confident and comfortable with our other identity rather than the freedom identity he's called us in. And so I wanna encourage you this morning that if you're going through something, if you feel right here that you have been, that you've been in this place where you haven't, something keeps holding you back, somebody says something to you and you get triggered in a way where you've just grown used to it and you call it your personality, I want you to know something that Jesus wants to set you free this morning. Because whom the Son says free isn't kind of free, he's literally free indeed. Those words set me free. I received as a child, not with logic, not with analytics, but with simple faith. Someone say simple. Simple. But simple faith. And just like that, poof, I was healed. See, hope isn't something that is 
powerful. Hope is something that is powerful in the hands of the believer. And the world's definition of hope is wish. I wish this would happen. I wish this would happen. That's the world's definition of hope. But hope for the believer can be found in these verses. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Not too far away from where we just were. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. This is what hope is for the believers. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve. That word grieve there means sorrow. That you will not sorrow as do the rest who have no hope. See, the word sorrow or, or grief here means sorrow. It means grieving. It means a mourning. It means lamenting. That's what this word means. And he says, I don't want you to mourn like those who have no hope. And that gives us a clue. Biblical mourning must be enhanced with hope or it will lead to unbelief. Deposit. Biblical mourning must be enhanced with hope or it will lead to unbelief. See, there's got to be something more than the moment that you're in right now. There's got to be something on the other side. There has to be something on the other side. And this is a critical part of kingdom reality that even Jesus endured the cross, listen, because of the hope, the joy that was set before him. He went to the cross. Oh, it was the most horrific thing in the world. And he did that for our freedom, for our salvation, for our way to heaven. And those who believe in him, hear me, those who believe in him, not those who go to church, a lot of Christians that are going to church that aren't believers. Those who believe in him, those who put their faith in Jesus as their savior of the world, as their savior of their hearts, those who put their faith in Jesus, he set you free. It was the hope before him. He went there knowing what he was going to face, but he did it because he knew that on the other end of that thing, at the other end of that thing. What happened before he went to the cross? He was in the garden of Gethsemane, wasn't he? And he even said, Father, if there's another way, if there's another way, please, please let there be another way. And the father simply responded with silence and says, nothing. And then Jesus said, but it's not my will, but it's your will be done. It's your will be done. See, there was hope on the other side. And because of that, Jesus could endure the most horrific Thing any person has ever endured. And because he did that, you'll never be overtaken by a situation without hope. Without hope. The biblical definition for hope, this is one of my favorite de definitions, is joyful anticipation of good. That's the biblical definition of hope. Joyful anticipation of good. So biblical hope is faith-filled, is a faith-filled moment of joy-filled expectation. And you may not feel that right now. Maybe some of you are going through some of the worst things. You don't have the answer yet from the doctor. You don't have the answer yet. Maybe within the last year, something has gone on in your life. Maybe there's been a death. Maybe there's been, and you've just been so sorrowful in your heart. I want you to know that God has hope for you. So look and keep your eyes on heaven because on the other side of this thing that you're going through, there's something so powerfully prepared for you. See, if you don't have hope, then you haven't been reading his love letter to you. And you've been reading it, if you've been reading this love letter, and you can't find reasons to hope, then I don't know what to tell you. 
Maybe we're just not looking for Jesus in the Bible. So what kind of praise can I give him right now that I can't give him in heaven? This is the title of my message. What can I praise? What kind of praise can I give him right now that I can't give him in heaven? Here's the kind of praise. A hope-filled, a joyful anticipation of good kind of praise and worship. Even in the things that I don't understand. Worship team, you can come back up. Even the things that I don't understand. The things that, are, uh, that aren't answerable. The things that don't make any sense. Guess what we get to do as a part of our hope-filled expectation of good is that we get to praise them now. Even though we don't understand, it's called faith. Even though we haven't got what we wanted yet, we get to worship him. It's the kind of praise, listen to me. This is the kind of praise that I can't give him in heaven. Why? Because in heaven, tell me, is there any sorrow in heaven? There's no sorrow in heaven, is there? Is there any sadness in heaven? There's no sadness in heaven, is there? Uh-uh. In heaven, is there gonna be lack? No. Right? In heaven, there'll be no depression and anxiety. There'll be no fear in heaven, amen? There'll be none of that. In heaven, hear me, in heaven, there'll be no death. In heaven, there'll be no more tears. So what's the kind of worship that I can give God to heaven or to, to him right now that I can't give him in heaven? I won't be able to give him praise through sorrow right now. I won't be able to give that to him in heaven. This is the ultimate sacrifice, the gift of God of praise to him that I won't be able to give him in heaven. And that is praise through sorrow. Praise through misunderstanding. Praise through lack. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Praise through your tears. You won't be able to give that to him in heaven. So let's take the opportunity now to give him the worship that we can't give him in heaven. Let's offer to him a sacrifice of praise where we say, Jesus, it's all because of you. Father, it's all because of you. See, here on earth right now, with the hope set before us, the heaven himself, enduring what we're enduring right now, now is the perfect time to give him praise. Now's the perfect time to give him that praise. You know what that praise is called? It's called surrender. Now's the time, the perfect time for you to surrender. Come on, stand with me. Our lives, my life, will be measured not by how much I did, but what I surrendered. What I was willingly, that I chose to give to him. It's called the sacrifice of praise, amen? So as we get ready to worship, Reggie, come up here and grab this, uh, this podium here for a second. Thanks, man. 
as we get ready to praise, what I want to do, especially if you're going through some sorrow, especially if you're going through a situation or a circumstance that you do not understand, especially if there's something happening that you haven't had an answer for, especially something's going on, especially you. But I just want to open up this front and I want you to make your way down here and I want you to worship. I want to invite you to come over here and worship God through your situation to worship God through the things you don't understand. So can we do that right now? I'm gonna pray. When I say amen, I want you to come forward and let's find a place. Let's just pack this front out. Come on, let's just pack it out. When I say amen, let's just pack it out with people praising. So Father, in Jesus' name, everything that's going on in our lives, everything that's happening, everything that's, that we're going through, the things that we don't understand, the lack that we're feeling right now. God, the, 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 the financial things, Lord, in the future that we may not understand. God, the, the answer, Lord, that we got from the doctor that didn't quite meet our expectation. God, the things that have happened in our life this last year, Father, whether that be death or whether that be sorrow, Jesus, help us, Father, to focus on you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, because right now, Jesus, I choose to give you worship through the things that I don't understand. Father, by faith and by hope, God, in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. Worship light's going to go on. And let's find a place up here.